Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word every day. And that's important for the strength and growth of our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, we always encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can, literally everybody. You know people in your life who need to turn their lives around spiritually. They need to grow in their faith. They need to come to God through Jesus Christ. You may help somebody actually get to heaven by getting them into God's word through these daily studies. So make that commitment. Start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're getting back into our line of thought and study talking about a really dangerous heart problem. Now, we're not talking about blocking of the arteries. We're not talking about cardiomyopathy or anything or heart attacks or strokes or anything like that. That all has to do with the physical heart. We're talking about from a well, from a, a, a conscience, a moral, a mindset perspective, a spiritual perspective, heart troubles. We've emphasized over and over in this particular study what Jesus said about where evil really takes root in a person's life. He said that's in the heart. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 19, Jesus said, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. He said, these are the things which defile a man. So a lot of people, they might, they may not have really stopped and thought about that it is within us that is the seedbed of our outward actions that might be ungodly, unfaithful, sinful, wicked, evil. It's how we've conditioned ourselves, our moral conscience, our spiritual conscience, our mindset. So it's out of the heart that proceed all these evil thoughts, all these evil actions. Well, we've talked about, we've looked at a number of different examples within the scriptures that teach us about how hatred left unchecked letting hatred abide within our lives, in our hearts, how it can lead to violence and also to murder, murder. We talked about hatred being a two-edged sword in that it can be devastating toward the person that, that is hated, but it also has that other edge that points back to the hater, the one who harbors that hatred toward that other person because it eats away at him like a, an acid or a cancer. It's self-destructive as well as destructive to, other, to somebody else. We talked about how Cain hated his brother, Abel, and murdered him. We talked about how the, one of the sons of David Absalom hated his half-brother, also a son of David, Amnon, and had him murdered. We talked about how Jacob's sons, other than Joseph, uh, other than, well, Jacob's sons, Joseph's brothers, hated him to the point that they were ready to kill him 
but instead of killing him, they sold him into slavery and then deceived her father, their father into thinking that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal and eaten. Now, hatred has devastating effects. How does hatred begin? Well, it begins with anger. Anger left unbridled can develop into hatred, and then hatred left unchecked can develop into violence and even murder, as we've seen. Well, we talked about how hatred is condemned through, throughout Scripture. Leviticus 19 and verse 17 talks about a person, and also Numbers chapter 35, verses 20 and 21, a person who, out of hatred, murders another person. And that, that's condemned in Scripture. In fact, it, it, it talks about he is a murderer, Numbers 35, 20, and 21. And the one who has done that, been guilty of that, is going to be turned over for basically execution himself, Deuteronomy 19, verses 11 and 12. They, all, they have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. They have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. The, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 109, verses 3 and 5. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers a multitude of sins, Proverbs 10 and verse 12. And so the scriptures, one after another, condemn hatred, condemn hatred. Well, so we began last time asking the question, how do we overcome? How can we overcome hatred? And the antidote to hatred, the poison of hatred, the self-poison of hatred is love. Now that to some people would sound trite probably. And some of those to whom it might sound trite would say, no, that's impossible. You're talking about an impossibility. If a person is hated by another person. How could that person who hates that first person, how could they love, end up loving them? How could you just turn on love and turn off hatred? Well, it might be a process, but that is the antidote. That is the antidote. And God's love for us is the example. And we could also say the love of Jesus for us and going to that cross willingly to die in our, on our behalf, to die in our place, basically to pay the price, our price, for the guilt of our sins. He did that out of love so that we could have the opportunity to be forgiven, to be saved, to have eternal life with him in heaven. Jesus did that for us out of love. God sent Jesus to that cross for us out of love. Love is the only antidote for hatred. And John talked about how it's an either-or proposition. It's, it cannot be both and. 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 and, and 15, he, he says, an earmark of, Christ, of a Christian's salvation is his love for his brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, obedience to God, according to all of his teachings, absolutely. But one of those instructions is love, love for your brethren, your brother or sister in Christ. Jesus talked about in John 13, verses 34 and 35, that this is a commandment that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ as he has loved us. He died on the cross for us. That's how much he loved us. And so John says it's, it's one or the other. It can't be both and. You can't love some of your brethren and then hate some other brethren and that be okay. No, you're walking in ungodliness then. You're in a sinful state and in a potentially condemned state. Hatred 
can lead you. In fact, hatred, we, we should say, undoubtedly, will lead you to eternal condemnation in hell. Now, I've been asking you over the last several sessions, do you hate someone? Do you have hatred in your heart for another person or maybe a number of other people? Now, you might try to rationalize that by saying, well, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they've acted toward me. Well, I, I, I can understand your attempted rationalization, but the scriptures are plain nonetheless. You cannot hate another person and expect to be in heaven with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit for all of eternity. In fact, you can expect to be in the other place, hell, and its condemnations and torments for all of eternity. The Apostle Paul gave a treatise in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, and then also chapter verses 17 through 21. Paul specifically instructs, do not avenge yourselves in verse 19 of Romans chapter 12. See, now our natural tendency is to respond in kind to how somebody treats us. So if they have treated us lovingly, we respond to them in a very positive way. If they have treated us despitefully, meanly, then we have that tendency to respond to them in the same kind of way. But Paul says, do not avenge yourselves. Romans 12 and verse 19. Parallel to Jesus' instruction, Paul writes, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Verse 20 of Romans chapter 12. He concludes with the exhortation, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Verse 21 of Romans chapter 12. Now that's a difficult lesson for many of us to learn and then to implement into our lives, into our behavior. Because again, it seems to run against the grain. If somebody's hurt us or if somebody is doing badly toward us, wrongly treating us, it's difficult for us to treat that person in a good way. Difficult for us to love that person emotionally. Well, maybe we need to think about that particular Greek word that is translated into English simply as love. King James Version, sometimes it's, 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 it's translated charity, but love, and that's agape love. Agape love is not based primarily or driven primarily on emotions. It is a love by will. I will love that person whether they like me even or not, whether they're are good to me or whether they treat me badly, I will still love that person. Sometimes it is that kind of agape love that is necessary to maintain the love between a parent and their child who has become very rebellious and disrespectful and disobedient. But they love that child anyway. So we need to understand it is a love by will. And, and it's interesting what Paul says there, overcome evil with good. It's difficult to overcome evil with more evil. That just accentuates. It just causes evil to blossom, but overcome evil with good. It's difficult for a person to treat somebody badly on an ongoing basis who refuses to be or who refuses to respond in the same kind of way who refuses to let that person know you got to me. 
it's hard to argue with somebody who won't argue back. So overcome evil with good. A good response will often be very effective to curtail that person who is responding to you in an evil way. It's a good, it's a good temper, temper or, or uh, kind of tempering the situation, kind of, you know, tamping it down, so to speak. Now, in these discourses, Jesus, Paul, and Peter, they all give us a pointed lesson as to the quality of life that we should live individually and the quality of Christianity that we should present to the world by our example in the way we live our personal lives. Love is the answer. That's the antidote. That's the cure for hatred. And particularly toward our brothers and sisters in Christ, we are responsible to purposefully exercise love. Again, it is a commandment from our Lord himself, John 13, verses 34 and 35, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And his love is so deep that by the next day, after he gave this commandment, he was on the cross dying for, many would say, the unlovable. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, Jesus said in verse 35, by the love that you have for one another. So it is something through which it is an action, a mindset, a determination through which we can help other people put away hatred from their hearts and begin to change their attitude and their behavior toward other people. They can start to learn how to love. Our time's just about up, so we need to stop here. Let's pray. Father, Father, guide us in loving others and not hating anyone. Help us to be the example for life-changing determination to love and not hate. And help us to win people over to you through love on our part for them. Please, Father, please forgive us of our sins. We, and please hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.